The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown. Not coming to you live today. Uh, We're pre-recording the show uh, for broadcast at a later date, which you're hearing right now. But I'm coming to you live, or I'm live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. I'm the editor at sonsoflibertymedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. A little tongue-tied. I'm sharper in the morning. The midday stuff is a little rough on me, plus uh, we're having people all in the house. So if you hear other noises like now, uh, it's because people are in the house. And uh, so please bear with me on that. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and SonsOfLibertyMedia.com is where you can check us out. If you'd like to check out the video portion of the show, you can go to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Just scroll down right there on the right, and we're going right there. That's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. And uh, you can um, also catch that video feed on my Twitter account at FPPTim, FPPTim on Twitter. My Periscope account is Setting Brush Fires. We're also broadcasting there as well as Facebook at Bradley Dean SOL. YouTube channel is B. Dean Sons of Liberty. And we are also simulcasting that on the Setting Brush Fires page on YouTube. Also, beforeitsnews.com, uh, every weekday morning, 6 a.m., 8 a.m. on Saturday mornings, and Bradley's on at 3 p.m. Monday through Saturday. And finally, we're on DLive.tv at These Sons of Liberty. We appreciate our friends over there as well. And if you're checking out and you're branching out into other social media outlets like Spreely Gab, MeWe Minds, or USA.life, look us up at Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media. The phone lines are closed today because, again, it is pre-recorded, so we can't take any calls anyway. i uh, got a special guest on the on with me this morning, and it's Patrick Wood, and he is with the Citizens for Free Speech. You can find them at citizensforfreespeech.org, and... I did a little piece on uh, Patrick and something that he's put out here recently to deal with this issue of masks. I wrote a a short article. Mainly, my writing was very minimal, and I just quoted Patrick in it. And it was titled, Citizens for Free Speech, Mandatory Face Face Masks are an Egregious Violation of the First Amendment, and it's potentially harmful to your health. Now, this is not anything new if you've paid attention to the Sons of Liberty. We brought in Dr. Andrew Kaufman. We've had Kate Shemarani, who's our health and wellness expert from the U.K. Every Saturday, 
these are things that we've talked about. We talked about this with um, uh, um, I forget the lady down, the nurse we had on from Florida, and we've talked to several other people who've also communicated the same things. But it's also a violation of law to mandate that you put a mask on. And here to help me talk about this is Patrick Wood. He's with the Citizens for Free Speech. Patrick, uh, good to have you on the Sons of Liberty, brother. Hey, that's great. Glad to be with you. Yeah. Um, now, you you didn't I, – obviously, I put the article out, but the bulk of my article is everything that you wrote. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff to talk about because – so far, we have mandated masks in a couple of states. I think we have it in California, um, Connecticut. I, I read them off the other day. There's about five states that are mandating this stuff. I think Michigan is one um, and some others. And so tell me, for, let's, let's get, before we do that, you're, you're, you're citizens for free speech. What do you, what is, how did that start, and how did that get to the issue of masks? Well, several years ago, I started... CFFS uh, to uh, uphold and defend the First Amendment, uh, primarily because of the attacks, the censorship stuff that was going on with YouTube, with Facebook, with Twitter, and so on. And it was really obvious to me at, at the point, the critical point where I decided to do this, that there was collusion going on between these various entities. In other words, if one person was targeted on Facebook, all of a sudden he disappeared from YouTube got you know wiped out of the search engine and he got uh, dumped off of Twitter. <clears throat> I knew at that point that we were in big trouble because these big giant technocrat run companies were working in harmony with each other, which gives them a force of magnitude so much greater than just a Facebook and just a Twitter. This basically is the entire uh, whatever you would call the 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 brain sphere of. Uh, uh, everything in America it's just in, represents the entire social mechanism in America. And uh, that, that's really what alarmed me at the time. Since then, however, other issues have come up, like this face mask issue and the social distancing. This absolutely tromples the First Amendment. It's just incredible. Churches in California are being dictated to how they are allowed and speci- how it's specified for them to worship in church. No more singing, no more music, no more greeting one another. It's social distancing, baby. You got to stay away from that person. This is absolutely insane, and it really is patently unconstitutional. Then you have the issue of the face mask themselves. Free speech cannot occur when you are wearing a face diaper. It just can't. You know, almost 35 plus 40% of the people in America are hard of hearing. That means that they intuitively learn how to read lips. It's not that they're perfect. They can't read lips like at 50 yards away necessarily. But people automatically start looking at other people's lips to confirm the words that they hear in their ears. What about all those people that can't really understand anybody else with the face mask going on? Tell them they got free speech. They can't communicate. They can't understand. They've been marginalized. And the list goes on. Then there's the health issues of this. We'll talk about that as a separate issue. But then you have the right to assemble peaceably. How can you you have any kind of a decent protest if you have to stand six feet apart? That's ludicrous. It's just... just 
it defies any type of logic that somebody can say that with a straight face. Oh, you can assemble, but you just have to stay six feet apart. Well, let's say you put a thousand people together, okay, and they got to stay six feet apart. A thousand times six is six thousand. That's over one mile. <laughs> Are you kidding? You can't hear anybody a mile away if you're trying to speak to them as a group. So you get the idea all the way down the line, what's going on right now with this social engineering project is to destroy the First Amendment. And they're doing a darn good job, I have to say. The Department of Justice recently came out with a brief that they gave to a in support of a church that was suing the city of Greenville. And they stated that there's no circumstance where your civil liberties, especially a pandemic, where your civil liberties are simply eradicated, that they're overridden, that they're trodden down. There's no case, including a pandemic, that overrides our First Amendment rights and our other civil liberties that are contained in the Bill of, in the Bill of Rights. And so governors, mayors, county commissioners, they're all outside the Constitution right now. They're just outside. They're, it's not that they, and I've thought about this a lot, it's not that they're just law breakers. In other words, you have to have a law to break it, right? <laughs> if, you, if you don't have a law and you, you do something, well, there's no law against it, I guess I can do it. What, what these people have adopted is a position of lawlessness. That means they don't recognize any law. They're, they're acting on their own cognition, you know, on their own impulses. They have no recognition of the law, much less the Constitution, and, and they're lawless. Well, I, they're I, to- I totally agree. Let me, let me bring this a, a little bit further. Um, you know, your vision statement, and, and this kind of adds to what you're saying here, your vision statement on the website says, the vision of citizens for free speech is to restore and defend the art of peaceful, intelligent, and productive communication through local action. The thing I like that you just said was not just um, you know a freedom of speech or even a freedom of the press. I mean, look, we're getting... We're getting videos taken down from YouTube. Now, they don't get taken down from all of our other platforms, but they get taken down from YouTube. And it's because if you dissent from the World Health Organization, which is, uh, how do we say this? They're, they're a bribed organization to say whatever needs to be said in order to advance their agenda and the agenda of those who are funding them, like Bill Gates. This is, this is I mean, it, you went beyond that. You went to the next thing, which is one I often point out about all this this nonsense about um, what, what's the word now? It's left my mind. Um, where people uh, it starts with a D too. Ah, I'm having a moment here. It's where they they decide I don't want to be around this person, but I'll be around this person. Whatever the reason is, color, race. They don't like them because they're a thief, they're a murderer, they're a sex offender. Whatever the case may, you understand what I'm saying. I forget the word. <sighs> starts with a D. It's a simple word. I'm having a senior moment. (laughs) But all of that centers around the First Amendment because the freedom to assemble is also the freedom to separate. And I'm glad you brought that in because if you have all these people coming together to assemble and they want to protest, I mean, if you have a decent-sized crowd, they're going to be spread out a huge distance. 
this is a real problem. Well, it is, and it's just it's completely outside anything that the that the First Amendment would say. And here's the important thing about communication, by the way. You can talk to anybody that's ever been divorced, and you ask them, what happened? You know, what, what happened? Uh, why did you, what's the first thing that happened when you were on the road to getting a divorce? Invariably, I mean 100% of the time, almost, you'll hear, well, she just shut me down. Or he wouldn't, he wouldn't talk to me anymore. Communication broke down. And when communication breaks down, the knives come out. And that's when relationships get murdered. Now, this is not, this is not rocket science to figure this out because everybody knows somebody's been divorced and they understand, they should understand the importance of communication. When a country cannot communicate with each other, what happens? The very same thing. The knives come out. The anger comes out. The pointing the fingers comes out. The, the hatred, the vitriol starts coming out. And verbalizing itself. And then all of a sudden there's fisticuffs, you know, where people are hitting each other and in some cases shooting each other now. This is the way society is going because we are losing our God-given rights, that is our unalienable rights, to our civil liberties that are, you know, that we see in the Constitution. And that is the right to communicate. That's shut down. It's being shut down, even as we speak. These technocrats that are doing this know full well what they're doing. This is not an accidental, unintended consequence of somebody getting sick and dying in the hospital of a virus. Not at all. This has been carefully orchestrated from the very beginning of the Great Panic of 2020, is what I call it. And if we don't restore communication... We're done. Our, our divorce, in a sense, will be done with our country and with our Constitution and with our rule of law. And again, I'll stress, this is not just about law breakers. It's about lawless people. There's a difference. It's subtle, but there's a difference. Yeah, no, I completely agree. In fact, we have a couple that have been uh, in Kentucky. They've put ankle monitors on them and their child if they go 200 feet off the property, the law enforcement, you know, is, is notified of that. And they're going to be, I guess, arrested or whatever because the wife tested positive for COVID, which we know the scientific papers have said they haven't even really separated out anything. They took some lung tissue from somebody, called it COVID, stuck it out there. They haven't tested it. They haven't separated it out. They haven't isolated it. And then most of the population has this anyway because it's a part of our DNA. We had Dr. Andrew Kaufman on who talked about this extensively. Uh, Nurse Kate from the U.K. Has, has spoken about this as well. And part of that is is that viruses are basically exosomes. They come out of ourselves to clean up toxins in our body. So everybody has a, a myriad, a variety of these kinds of what they call viruses and the fact of the matter is you don't pass the virus because it's not something that's living. It's like a sponge that comes out and cleans up stuff because you ate bad stuff or you breathed bad stuff or you drank bad stuff. And this is what it's for. And yet they're going against the very thing that you're talking about here. They're imposing um, legislation to make you stay at home. We, we hear this Nazi 
kind of talk of essential versus non-essential businesses. And I've often said, number one, um, it is a re- for the Christian, it is a religious issue because what happens is, is God gave in the fourth commandment, he said, six days you shall what? Work, right? And one day you shall rest. So if they're telling you you can't go to work or you can't open your business, they're infringing on your religious liberty. That's the first thing. Two, who's to say what business is essential and non-essential because every business is essential to somebody. It's essential to the owners. It's essential to the employees and all this other kind of stuff. Then you have the issue of, okay, well, we're going to let you open, but your your people have to wear masks. And this is the thing that, that kind of caught me with, with what you were saying uh, what you're putting out because you were you were looking to not only help people but to educate them, and one of the ways you were doing that, you came out with a little uh, and I brought this up. You came out with a little card that they can get from you, and um, this card says wearing a face mask poses a serious health risk to me. Under the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, which is HIPAA. I am not required to disclose my medical conditions to you. I'm exempt from any local or state regulation mandating face mask usage in public. The Americans with Disabilities Act provides that organizations and businesses can be fined up to $75,000 for the first violation and $150,000 for any subsequent. I don't know if this goes to the people or not. It's probably just the government getting more money. But this is a way people can fight back against this. They can take this card with them. And they can uh, not only educate themselves, but they can educate the, the, the people who are following the brown shirts, as I would call them, who are following the tyrant's lead, whether it's in a, in a business, whether it's in a, a Walmart, a grocery store, whether it's from the mayor or the, uh, the, the governor or whoever it is, or even the president, for that matter. They can bring this and say, you're, you're in violation of the law. You're engaged in a tyranny, not in uh, you know, lawful actions, what the people gave them to do. And I think this is a great tool to help people understand exactly what's going on. I think this is where most Americans' head is already at on this issue. Um, You have a right to determine your own health care, your own health condition. It's not up to the government to figure out whether you should get a vaccine or not and make it mandatory or not. It's up to you to decide that. And yet... The government and the health system have basically turned on the American people. We have become their targets. We have become their, their, their intellectual enemies, if you will, uh, while they maintain that they have the science that is settled and you are an ignorant fool who doesn't know anything about anything. And this is, you know, this goes contrary to a lot of Americans thinking. They say, I'm sorry, but... You can't pull that garbage with me. Well, here's the problem that's happened with the face mask issue right now. The face mask has become a symbol of submission to those who wear it. They probably don't know it, most of them, but that's the case. And so everybody wearing a face mask now has a symbol, a badge, a visible thing that says, I'm submitted. I'm doing what the mainstream media told me to do or the government or whatever. Not wearing a face mask is not a symbol of anything. It just means you're not wearing a face mask. Our card is not a panacea. It's not a guaranteed get you into the door sort of thing at all. But it has become a symbol that people can wear to say, I will not comply. And the idea that um, 
that wearing a mask poses a health risk to you covers virtually every person on the planet of the earth because that is in fact the case. For all the people who have any pre-existing health condition, oh my gosh, they need to get away. They need to run from those masks as fast as they can. I've seen people with COPD, with um, with other lung issues, where you know, even wearing oxygen with a mask on. It's like stop that. People with diabetes, people with uh, that are getting treated for cancer, where their immune system is shot, they should not be wearing a mask. And the list goes on. There's probably half the population has some issue, existing medical issue that would prevent them from wearing a mask. The healthy ones in America. There are a few young people left that are still pretty healthy, I suppose. If you wear a mask, according to Dr. Russell Blaylock, one of my friends that wrote an article for us, um, you are going to damage your immune system. You're going to suppress your immune system. Well, all the medical authorities tell you the way to fight COVID is by having a strong immune system. Oh, well, then everybody should wear a mask, right? And lower your immune system. It makes no sense. It's just, in fact, it's just ludicrous that anybody would dare to say this with a straight face. But they do. Obviously, people like Anthony Fauci, they got no problem saying that. They flip-flopped, of course. He said a few months ago, don't wear a face mask. And now he says, if if you don't, you're probably going to (laughs) die. But, you know, this, this, this just goes round and round and round. Our card, our no mask card, is an opportunity to tell other people in a nonviolent way that you personally will not comply with these mandates. You don't have to, you know, argue and get in people's face about it, but you know the truth. If you're willing to wear the card and say personally inside first to yourself, I will not comply, then you can say that to other people too. No, I completely agree. And by the way, in my senior moment, the word I was looking for was discrimination. <laughs> I don't know why I lost that, but we discriminate all the time. Uh, and that goes to what I was saying earlier when I said the D word. You're right. And uh, in your in your in your plea over this issue, um, as uh, and I've got somebody trying to get in, and it says we're gonna we're gonna lose each other here in ten minutes uh, if we don't something and it's really weird because we shouldn't be doing that uh it's the first time i've seen that uh in your in your appeal over the mass that you wrote i was going to bring this up uh, so people can see it you also appealed not only to dr blaylock but several others and again i i've made mention of some of the uh, doctors and nurses that we've talked to some of them have been very vocal they want to sh- uh, youtube facebook all this wants to shut the people down from from getting this information out because there's an agenda here and a lot of people say well it's, it's a thing to get donald trump out no it's not it's not just about that it really isn't this is about pushing an agenda uh that has been in long standing we brought the rockefeller um document in lockstep we read that we had bill gates with event um whatever it was oh. 201. 201. Yeah, we had that one. And you've brought in Dr. Uh, Colleen Huber. Um, You've also given an article here that people can check out, too, uh, from Dennis Rankert. He's a Ph.D. as well. And so it's not like this is happening in a vacuum to where, uh, you know, it's just 
Tim Brown, uh, you know, some redneck out in, in rural South Carolina saying these things. These are people who've done they've done their due diligence. They went through the stuff. Some of these people have come out on the other side and said, you know what? This whole Rockefeller kind of medical system has it wrong in the first place. A lot of this stuff is based on uh, with this is germ theory, which is something that hasn't been proven. It's never been proven that people can actually pass viruses on to one another. Uh, in fact, the tests that were done in the Spanish flu demonstrated the exact opposite, that you couldn't pass them on, uh, that it was a terrain issue. It was how you took care of your body or didn't ca- take care of your body as to how you got sick. Uh, the other thing that comes down the line is is when you open this up, the more people that are being tested, of course, you're going to have more cases, but that doesn't mean anybody's sick. And you know, I, I've pitched to our audience. Leviticus 13 is very clear. There's a there's a passage or there's a a um, state there's stages that go through. There are tests that the person was to do in the case of leprosy to see if they actually had leprosy. It was several stages, and then it was determined. Okay, you need to be quarantined. You go out here with the rest of the lepers. That was how it worked. You don't quarantine healthy people because they test positive for whatever stuff that you pulled out of somebody's body sometime. And we even know that in Florida, they're coming up with tests that are 100% positive. How is that even possible? Yeah, it isn't possible. <laughs> there are so many, there's so many pieces of evidence in this whole thing that are just off the wall. I want to bring out, though, the, the whole surrounding mentality of the, the data, the conflicting stories, conflicting arguments, this is exactly the same MO, the same way that the climate change alarmist crowd did with climate change science. They did the same thing. Anybody that said something that was against their settled science that man is causing climate change, those people were excluded as deniers. Even Al Gore once upon a time said, climate deniers deserve to be punished. Well, many of them did get punished. They got thrown out of the universities they're working in, lost their job, lost their publishing rights, and everything else. But they're doing the same exact thing with the science around this pandemic. They're throwing mud at the wall with all this pseudoscience claiming it's real science when the real scientists are out there, you know, screaming, no, no, let us in. That's not true. And they just say, don't let those idiots in. They're probably, you know, they're probably getting money from Exxon or something, you know, to, to, to try and rain on our parade. And they just exclude them from the discussion as if they were pariahs or something, you know, just, just morons. And that's, that's one clue to me, by the way, that this, the same people are running this scam that ran the global climate scam. Just same that guys. simple. Same guys, and they're out for money, and they're out for power uh, and control. You know, this again, this, this reminds me of what uh, Paul said to Timothy. He said, um, oh, Timothy, and this is from 1 Timothy 6, Verse 20, it says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called. Because this is a way, it is, a, it is an issue, Patrick, in, in my estimation, like what you said with the climate change, I was right on that. 
because what they do is they use it to manipulate people to think, well, we've got the PhDs too, and we've done all the studies, and we've done all these kinds of things. They're like uh, Janice and Jambres before before Moses. We've been through the schools. We've done all these kinds of things. We can do what you're doing here until he started pulling off some stuff that God was doing throughout the land. It wasn't just you know some parlor tricks that were going on with those guys. And that's the difference here. The truth of real science versus that which is false. And then this leads us to vaccines. Vaccines have never been proven to be safe. We've got, I don't know, untold hundreds of thousands, even maybe millions of people who've been killed, maimed, paralyzed, hurt through vaccines. Um, And yet vaccines have never been proven to prevent disease at all. Never been proven. In fact, some people get them and they get sick. So Mm -hmm. all of this has an agenda that it's moving forward. And the mask is just really, well, it isn't even the first step in it. As you said, the climate change, they get people following into this issue with science or science falsely uh, called, and they get people believing them. And, uh, but you're taking a stand here. Now, one of the things, and I keep having something in my throat. I know I sound like I'm just about to cough or something like that. And I probably am. I'm trying to drink some water here. But one of the things that you you have on your site is defend your civil liberties, and you're calling on people to sign a petition. Let me read what you have here and and get you to, to elaborate on it a little bit. It says, Whereas we recognize the seriousness of the coronavirus, COVID-19, and the need to take strong personal actions to combat its contagion, and also the need for local communities to provide for adequate medical care for those who are infected, Whereas governors, mayors, and county sheriffs across the nation are declaring states of emergency under the guise of protecting the public from the coronavirus. And I would say our our president did that stuff, too. Uh, Whereas these emergencies have been declared without respect to civil liberties contained in the First, Second, and Fourth Amendments. Um, Boy, we're getting into even the Fifth Amendments now, the violations there as well. Whereas the right to peaceable assembly has been nullified by limiting to very small groups and in some cases declaring that violators will be fined and are incarcerated unless they're rioting and looting, then we let them do that. Whereas churches are being forced to abandon physical assemblies in favor of online broadcasting that is not available to a vast number of smaller churches in America, whereas businesses are being forced out of business because of mandated closure for indefinite periods of time, whereas the Second Amendment is being violated when government executives using unchecked power granted them to combat the spread of the coronavirus, use that power to deny citizens their right to purchase arms and or ammunition. Whereas the Fourth Amendment is being violated when citizens are not secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures, that shall not be violated. Whereas all of these actions are preventing citizens from exercising their unalienable rights as guaranteed in the Declaration of Independence, including the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and whereas all elected leaders take an oath of office to support and defend the Constitution of the United States, you then give a demand. Therefore, the signers of this petition demand that all civil and or elected officials who have issued any type of executive order or emergency declaration in in relation to the coronavirus rescind any and all orders that violate any portion of the Bill of Rights, including the First, Second, and Fourth Amendments, Furthermore, we demand that all future orders will not violate. I don't know if I just lost something or not. Um, We may have lost uh, Patrick there. 
Uh, I think we did, and because of this Zoom thing. Let me finish this while I try to finish pulling that up. Um, and we'll – excuse me. I have to just click a couple of things here just a moment. Oh, boy, this is – this is really something when this stuff happens, and it shouldn't be even it shouldn't even be happening, uh, but it is. So it goes on to say, furthermore, we demand that all future orders will not violate the U.S. Constitution and that oversight be exercised to ensure that this does not happen either intentionally or inadvertently. Therefore, the signers of this petition also pledge to hold any and all civil or elected officials personally accountable to remedy this demand in the most timely and expedient manner. Now, um, we lost Patrick there in the midst of what was going on, and it's, it's something to do with Zoom. I don't know why that is, uh, but it, it just happened, and um, I was, they were telling me 10 minutes on that. So I've lost Patrick for a little bit. I hope he's going to connect with me again. I may have to end up in, uh, writing him real quickly uh, just to tell him to connect here uh, because I wanted to get his uh, response to that. But one of the things that, again, Patrick has done – He's put this petition out. You guys can uh, help in that uh, in, in that way. And um, I may have clicked on the wrong thing here. So I do apologize, everyone. Uh, if things can go wrong, they'll go wrong, won't they? Um, let me uh, let me pop back in here and uh, and bring this back up. And I do apologize. If we have to run over a little bit. I'll ask Patrick if that's okay with him. And uh, we'll make things work one way or the other. <laughs> um, okay, we should be in, and I'll just wait for him to join us. Whew. I hate it when this happens because that's uh, eh, just the way some things happen. I mean, that's the way they work. Um, and sometimes it's beyond my control. It obviously wasn't anything on our end. This was something that um, uh, had happened with, uh, with Zoom there. And um, so let me give him a quick email, just let him know, and uh, see if he can uh, if he can jump back in with us uh, to respond. In any case, if you want to sign that petition, you can go over um, to uh, Citizens for Free Speech, and I, I don't want to give you the wrong thing. dot org. It's not a dot com. It's dot org. You can read the um, articles that's over there as well, including the ones by the doctors that are there, and you can check those out. And um, you should be able to also sign this petition. You can also pick up these cards there from Patrick and from his group and be able to take these with you. I think it's something that not only you can use when being a patron to a store that might be demanding this of you, but you can also use it at your place of business. Uh, I know my kids, I've told you before, they're working at Chick-fil-A. They're being demanded that they have to wear a mask. And if I guess if they you know, said, hey, I don't want to wear a mask, uh, they'll give them this shield that, from what they said to me, looks like you're in some kind of sci-fi thriller or something like that. And um, you're, you, you, they have to wear that. So it's, it's a little strange thing that's going on uh, in that. But... Uh, one of the things is is that I've told my son he wanted to uh, deal with this as well, and he wanted to be able to go and uh, uh, respond to his, you know, his bosses in a very um, practical way, very kind and respectful way, but to present the truth to them. 
And so far, that's not really gone anywhere. Uh, they can, again, put him in this shield that looks like something out of a sci-fi movie. And that's not helpful to people. But as Patrick said, one of the things that uh, he was pointing out was this issue of discrimination. Um, you know, when you go to to protest something and you gather as a people to do that, one of the things that you're dealing with is this idea that you're going as a group. Six feet does not stop anything from going between people. As we've had before, Dr. Andrew Kaufman, we've had Kate Shimarani, we've had several people that have pointed out it's never been proven that you can pass a virus on to somebody else. Look, those of you who think, well, you're just crazy, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, let me ask you a question. Do your own homework. Go to doctors, go to nurses, go to your favorite politician, whatever the case may be, and ask them, can you provide me documented proof that a virus can be passed on to somebody else? Can you, can you prove it? Not do you believe it, not do you think it, okay? Because I had somebody give me a video from a doctor. He graduated Texas A&M. And I watched the video, and he says, I can prove to you this, that, and the other. And he began to talk, well, we believe this. We think that. Okay, that's not a proof. That's not evidence. And this tyranny that's coming down the line on everyone in this country and basically around the world is coming based on something that isn't proven. I would say it's even a lie. It's a lie. You know, and, and this is one of the things, when you get to the scriptures and it talks about the fact that uh, the, the the peoples of the world are going to look on Satan one day and they're going to go, this is the guy that, what, deceived the whole world? Well, what is deception? Well, it's basically uh, working with, I mean, it is it is lies. And so with that said, Patrick's come back on and uh, we're going to bring him back up here in just a second. And I'm going to have to uh, uh, turn it back on. Sorry about that, Patrick. Uh, we, I told you that 10-minute thing came on, and, and we had a little problem there. We'll have to set you back up in the video, I'm pretty sure. But uh, Patrick's back on, and uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring you back up. Um, are, is your mic clear there, brother? Yes. Okay, great. All right. Uh, I, read, I read your statement there, and uh, you went off, so I finished that, and I, I made a couple of comments. But uh, one of the things that I want to do is get you to comment on your statement with regard to that. Oh, I did it again. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I don't know what else to say. It says it all. Okay. These governors, mayors, and, uh, you know, I, I can't blame the national government too much on this. It's mostly been pushed down to the state level. Many governors have pushed it down to the city mayors, as in our case here in Arizona, <clears throat> or the county commissioners. And these people have simply done things without any respect to the Constitution whatsoever, even though many of them have to take an oath of office to get in that says they will support and defend the First Amendment or the, the Constitution in general. But they're just uh, they're operating completely outside the bounds of uh, any constitutional restraint. And scholars, <clears throat> I'm not a constitutional scholar, I'm not a constitutional attorney, so don't get me wrong here. But scholars have said repeatedly, that the Constitution is designed to act as a constraint on politicians. 
because of the likelihood of man to go rogue, you know, to let the power go to their head. And that's one of the main purposes that the Constitution is written the way it is, is to be a constraint on the behavior of politicians. Now, we've lost that restraint. So this is what I was talking about, lawlessness. It's not just a lawbreaker. It's lawlessness. <clears throat> if you were to do a study uh, in the Bible on lawlessness, you'd actually find quite a bit. You'll also find in, in the, at the end of the story, you'll find the man of lawlessness, referred to as the Antichrist, of course. This is not just a lawbreaker. This is a law shedder. I will have no law over me. I will have no constraints on me. I will do whatever I darn well please, and I don't care if it's murder, rape, pillage, plunder, whatever. I am the authority, and I will do what I want to do. This is a very devilish mentality that gets into the heads of people. But our country's full of them right now because we haven't had education on civil liberties and on civic affairs for probably 30 years now. And uh, there's no discussion in the public square, hardly anywhere anymore, to discuss these issues about the Constitution. And a lot of people flat out hate the Constitution because they think it's racist or it's this or it's that. You know, it's outmoded. It should be a living document. We should change it to do whatever we want. And we're not a constitutional republic. We're a democracy. We're mob rules. You get my point. There's not a lot more to say. I'll tell you what. These people have gone rogue, and they need to be constrained. Just that simple. And if well, we don't constrain them, there's nobody else going to do it. No, I agree. And that's one of the things that we've talked about on this show. Uh, you know, some people have talked about defunding the police. And I said, you know what? I'm fine with defunding the police because I don't see that in the in the Constitution. But I said, it's going to create a vacuum. And you can't allow that to happen. And so the Constitution fills that void with what? The citizen militia. They're the ones to enforce the law, which is me and you. It's 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 people like us. And one of the interesting things is I think there are people who have been protesting – um, a, a lot of different things, whether it's the police or the government or whatever, and they really want justice. They're not out to, to, to riot and loot. They're not out to destroy other people's property. They really want justice. And uh, they could get that. They could get that. They could take that energy and harness it and focus it if they just did their civic duty, which, again, Congress is supposed to you know, help out with that. The states are supposed to set it up with their officers. The people are supposed to be trained. They're supposed to be a well-regulated militia, not a federal militia like the National Guard. That was never the thought of the founders. In fact, they hated, they didn't want a standing army, and they said if you had to get an army, you got to do it like every two years. you got to you got to re-up it, and we've been doing that for a long time. We're doing the very opposite things of the founders, and yes, guys, they were white guys. Big deal. What they wrote was all men were created equal. Did they practice that right at the first? No, they really didn't practice it, but they wanted to move in that direction. And that's the point. They wanted to move in that direction. And to me, that's the sign of, you know, when I give somebody the gospel and we, we talk about repentance, it's not where, where are you going to be at in two days, but what is the direction of your life going in? And I think this is the same thing of our founders. What was the direction that they wanted to go in? Well, it was an issue in which we respect one another regardless of color ethnicity, where you come from, any of this kind of stuff, because before God, our creator, 
we're created equal. It doesn't mean we're created equal like we have the same abilities and things. We're created equal under the law. In other words, we get equal justice. We get um, you know, uh, the, we get equal justice under the law. I think that's what they were pushing for. I think you're right. <clears throat> the, the, the structure and the framework of the Constitution, <clears throat> I have to probably, somebody could argue it might have some things that, you know, that aren't quite right. That's why we have an amendment process. Um, so, you know, people could have discussions about some of the nitpicky things. But basically, the overall structure of the, of the Constitution <clears throat> is very unique and very special. I don't go along with the concept of manifest destiny necessarily, but I will say this. Many of the founders of our country were dedicated Bible-believing Christians. Not all. There were some that were off in the weeds, <laughs> for sure. But the influence of the Bible on the Constitution is unmistakable. <clears throat> and I, I believe it was John Adams that said that the Constitution that they've given us is only suitable for a moral and religious people. And that was profound, because today, of course, morality has been taken out of the public domain, and so has uh, all religious things. Prayer was kicked out of schools. Um, you know, meetings and stuff on campuses can't have, can, just can't hardly take place anymore. And all the other things surrounding the suppression of religion over the years. Um, our country has gone exactly in the opposite direction. And so somebody could more appropriately ask, rather than nitpicking something, is today's America able to keep the Constitution that we have? And I could argue pretty easily on either side, honestly. You could argue, nope, we, we can't keep it because we're just an immoral, uh, lawless people who have no regard for any constraint whatsoever. They don't want to be constrained. That's certainly the mentality you see in the street with Antifa, with BLM, and so on. They're saying that all the time. You're not going to constrain us. We'll do whatever we want. We'll set up a country, and uh, we'll set up our own country up in Seattle, Washington. And we'll, <laughs> and we'll secede from the United States. Oh, really? Um, well, they were begging for people to send in, uh, uh, you know, vegan food and stuff pretty quickly. <laughs> it's like, no, we don't want that. We don't want that. You know, that we don't want steak. We want to, you know, make sure there's a lot of tofu, you know, and that, whatever. It's like, guys, you need to get in touch with reality. That's not the way it works. But no, I agree. Know. I totally agree. And that's, um, that this is your experiment in socialism is when that kind of stuff was going on. That's exactly what they were doing. They had their hand out to everybody. Hey, help us out. Hey, they're killing each other in, in this little six block thing that we have. And they're lawless in their in their establishment of that area. The law enforcement didn't deal with them, so they're lawless, if you ask me, by not dealing with them. Uh, we have all of that kind of stuff. And as far as I'm concerned, if those Western states, they want to secede, hey, knock yourself out. You get no federal funds anymore. You guys deal with it yourselves over there. I'm like, let them go. That's just fine. Um but let me ask you this, because we were we were talking about face masks, and all of this has it plays into that of what you're what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Have there been any lawsuits uh, with regard to face back, face masks that you know of, whether it's local or whether it's at a state level or a federal level, uh, that people have made you aware of? Well, the um, <clears throat> the one lawsuit I alluded to early on uh, in this program 
<clears throat> had to do, I believe it was called Temple Baptist Church in Greenville. And uh, it was lodged against the city of Greenville that had uh, made a mandate about, you know, closing the churches and so on. And I, I believe that the argument in the case was um, that, uh, that the state is discriminating against churches because they were allowing other things to be open, other essential uh, things in the, you know, like wa- Walmart. Well, you could go to the Church of Walmart and worship there, right? <laughs> but uh, th- this is where the Department of Justice filed the statement of interest brief, by the way, that, uh, that cautioned the court that the First Amendment does not go away and, and the other civil liberties we have in the Bill of Rights do not go away simply because of a pandemic, the existence of a pandemic. I'm not sure how that lawsuit came out, but uh, there have been other lawsuits like that. Uh, California has had several. Most of them got thrown out of court for one reason or another. Uh, unfortunately, they sounded good to me. There's been one here in Arizona where uh, where health clubs, uh, at, you know, what I'm what do you call them? Uh, gyms, gym, exercise gyms um, have been shut down. And the governor, the governor just said, nope, you can't do that. All those things are gone. Well, this one large chain of uh, gyms here in Arizona defied the government, stayed open, and they got cited promptly, and they filed a suit. And uh, their suit is predicated again on the, on the, uh, the, the issue of uh, the government's picking winners and losers as discrimination against them. And uh, these people, I forget how many hundreds of employees they have. They're a big operation. And if they were to go out of business, which they're hanging by a thread right now, if they go out of business, there's going to be a lot of Arizonas that lose their jobs, probably, you know, maybe permanently. I mean, it's it's hard to find a job in an industry if there is no more industry. (laughs) No, you're exactly right. I mean, this is a harm to the people. Uh, use the term discrimination again. I'm drilling that in my head again. I I'm, I'm guess I'm getting old or something, and I'm, I'm forgetting things. Uh, but that's the thing. The government doesn't have the right to discriminate, but the people do. And this is and people, it's been drilled in our heads that we can't even discriminate. And it's like, what? The First Amendment, your freedom to assembly. Uh, we were talking about that before. You determine who comes in in your house. It, look, if you come in, if somebody comes into your place of business and they're acting like a bunch of criminals— uh, you know, the old slogan, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Um, you have the right to determine those kinds of things in your place of business. Um, you, de- you, you make these determinations. You have those liberties, and government is supposed to protect those. Instead, they've been infringing on them. And I think the more that we've let them infringe, the more they feel like they can push forward a little more. Bradley was coming back from Pennsylvania. He gave the story on the radio today, which is, um, this is Wednesday. And he was giving the story on the radio where he's on the, the plane and the lady keeps coming to him going, do you want a mask? Do you want a mask? Do you want a mask? And he got to the point. He says, OK, this is to the point where you're harassing me. I'm going to need your name. And so when they got when they taxied into the runway, he said they called out a customer service and said, everybody need to remain sitting. There's there's a there's two people here who don't have masks on. They have a problem. They tried to make it out. And he's just like, I'm not going to put up with that. And he went and told the guys off as to. You're 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 acting illegally here. You're acting out of uh, outside the scope of the law. Well, this is our policy. He says, I don't care. You don't get to do this to people. And I think that's what it's going to take, Patrick. It's going to take people not being scared to be offensive in public, to be a little loud, to call people out, and to say, look, you don't have the authority to tell me I have to put a 
like you said a minute ago, a face diaper over my face and gag me and put a muzzle on me. You don't have that right. I think there's going to be more instances of that in the future. And if that happens, so be it. Uh, my, my, my mother and my grandmother used to drill into me. I don't know if I, I don't think I had a hot temper when I was a kid, but they used to drill in me. You can catch a whole lot more flies with honey than vinegar. <laughs> and, there was, and so I don't know why they kept telling me that maybe it was for today, but um, you know, by and large, the best arguments will be won when, uh, when there is not a, 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 an angry confrontation. But there is a time for that. And um, it, you're on thin ice. You better have it, you know, have it planned out very well so that you don't get yourself in harm's way. Like you've seen people that have altercations with the police. It can turn out very bad very quickly for people. And somebody could be completely innocent, make the wrong move, say the wrong thing, and all of a sudden you're on your face on the ground. And, uh, you know, with, with injuries. So, you know, that's not for everybody, but man, if, if there's a time and a place for it and you just got to do what you just got to do, you got to do it. That's bottom line. Yeah. Well, it takes taking a stand and you're right. People should be very careful. I mean, we had a 73 year old guy up in Ontario who didn't want to wear a mask to go in the store. Um, you know, he, he got in a, a feud with the people. He just wanted to go and buy his stuff. And yet they called the police at him who basically stalk him to his house and shoot him dead in his driveway because he didn't want to wear a mask. Now, the police aren't there. They should be held accountable as far as I'm concerned. You, there's just no reason to do that to somebody. There really isn't. Um, and oh. so there has to be careful. But there is an issue to where we have to bring the law to bear it against these people because most of them don't even know the law. They, they're just doing what they're told. They're little brown shirts wherever they're working or you know, in their government position, they're, they're doing these kinds of things. And we have to be those who educate them to, because, frankly, I want them on my side. I don't want them as my enemy. I want them on my side and yeah. uh, against the tyrants. So that's what we have to do. We've got about 30 seconds here, Patrick. Tell people where they can find out more about you and, and what you're doing there. Well, my professional site is at technocracy.news. And Citizens for Free Speech, just like it sounds, is citizensforfreespeech.org. And people can check it out there and check out our our no mask cards, uh, symbols of I will not comply. And uh, you have an opportunity to use those cards to educate people, by the way. It's got the First Amendment on the back. And the First Amendment applies to those people, too, that you're talking to, that are trying to tell you and dress you down, whatever. They have a right to speak, but they have a right to the First Amendment, and that doesn't give them the right to harm. I agree. I agree. We're out of time here, Patrick. Uh, Great interview. I'm sorry we dropped off in the middle of the thing, but appreciate your patience and coming back online with us. Guys, 23 Hours will be with you. See ya.